there's two reasons for Lag Omer. One is that during the Omer, the 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva died and were dying. And in Lagba Omer, there's two opinions. One is that this plague stopped. And the other one was just that there was an interruption. But either way, it was like everyone noticed. Like, whoa, there's something different about this day. But let's say it stopped. Right? So that's one reason for Lagba Omer. And the other one is that uh, it's Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's Yerzai. Now, but it turns out, after the 24,000 students of Rabbi Kiva, and I remember I alluded to this, um, I don't know how, who was there, is, is the opening of the yeshiva here. So if you remember, at that point there were exactly five students. Things haven't changed that much, but, <laughs> right? But every day it's a different five students. <laughs> but my point in the opening night was, five students, like, unbelievable Yochanan ben Zakkai is buried next to the Rambam with his five students and that after the 24,000 students of Rabbi Kiva he had five students and two of them were Rabbi Meir and Shimon Bar Yochai so this is how I put it together is when, when Rebbe Akiva is being tortured to death so everyone knows the story so he's like he's like peaceful he's smiling and the students say like, like Rebbe like, like like how far can you go like this is too much I mean so he explained to them he said my whole life I've been wanting to fulfill completely the mitzvah the hafta with all your heart with all your soul with all your might and I've always wanted to know when would I be able to serve God with my whole soul and he said now that I have the opportunity I shouldn't be happy so I was like students like this this is like and then Rabbi Kiva said Shema and he dies with saying the Dalit so what I what I thought of this year is that is this this <coughs> fiery passion of Rebbe Akiva to serve God, and how were they torturing him <coughs> with burning? With, they were ripping his flesh off with burning forks, like like fire. Like he died in fire, right? But what did he do? He at that point, his soul reached such a high level, he transmuted the fire of torture into the fire of love of God. And where did that go? It went to his, it went to his student. And so Shimon Bar Yochai took that fire, and just like Rabbi Akiva gave up his life for, for, for teaching in public, so Rabbi Akiva, uh, Shimon Bar Yochai, had to hide in a cave for 12 years, but remember what happened when he came out of the cave? He came out of the cave with his son. Yeah. And he sees someone sowing in the field. And like, I mean, after being in the cave for 12 years, learning Yom Velayla and writing the Zohar, and I heard this from Rob Ginsburg, 
I've never heard it from anyone else, but uh, Rav Ginsburg wouldn't say it if he didn't receive it from some source. And he said there's a tradition that in the cave they wrote 22 books, one for each letter of the Aleph And the name of each one of the books began with the letter. He said the only one we have left is the Zion of the Zohar. So they come out of the cave and they see someone plowing and planting and like we can't believe that anyone's involved with anything in this world. It's like, like they're coming from this, you know, and they're in another dimension. And, and so the, the, the Gemara says that they, they looked at them and burned them up. So God said, like, I, I didn't take you out of the cave for you to burn up my world. Go back. Right? So he, they went back in the cave for another year until until that fire, right, could be integrated in a way that it could be a positive fire. So, so it says that when Shimon Bar Yochai died, so he was surrounded by all of the students. He was on his deathbed, and they were crying and screaming, and like, you can't leave us. There's no world without you. They couldn't imagine a world without Shimon Bar Yochai. I mean, I think, I think those, I mean, who remember when Rav Shlomo passed away, it was also, it was like, you know, the, the initial feeling was like, like, what are we now? like a world without Rav Shlomo, like, inconceivable. Like, no, really, it was like, I, just, I, just, I can't picture a world without Rav Shlomo, I just can't. I just, so, so, Shimon Bar Yochai said to them, like, you know, don't be sad. Be happy. My soul's going back to God. Like everything is okay, right? And it says that the room filled with light. Right? So you see this theme of, of light and fire, right? So what's what's a more appropriate custom on Lagba Omer than, than the bonfire, right? That's that's what the bonfire represents. Beyond marshmallows and hot dogs and and chicken and and all that, the bonfire of Lag Baomer represents the the fire of Torah, and especially the fire of the the, the, the Torah Tanistar, Torah Tachin, Chachmat Nistar, hidden wisdom. So. So Rav Ginsburg says that Lag Ba'omer if you turn around Lag you have Gal. And so Rav Ginsburg said the secret of Lag Ba'omer is the Pasuk Gal Einai Ve'abita Nitla'ot Mitoratecha Gal Einai open my eyes Excuse me, that I should see wonders in your Torah. And Rob Ginsburg took this verse, you know, he's published about 25, 30 books now, <laughs> but the name of the publishing house is Gal Uh-huh. In fact, the name of the, his whole organization is Gal Enai. And he took it because what's, 
what is he trying to do? He's trying to spread the light of the hidden Torah in the way of, of, of revealing wonders in the Torah. And, and, and I mean, when I used to speak uh, more often on, on Friday nights, but I always try to connect the Torah from Rav Ginsburg and Rav Shlomo. I try never to say a Torah without saying something from both of them, because in my eyes, their Torah was exactly the same. Just one was coming a little bit more from the heart, one was coming a little bit more from the mind. But their Torahs, they were always saying the same thing. So, um, so it, it, what, what reminds me is, is uh, let's say Rav Shlomo was here, whatever, Malava Malka, Tuesday night, doing a teaching and playing, right? And it was a good vault. So you see people the next day, right? And you say, well, how was it last night? I, I couldn't make it. It's a good vault. Oh, oh, unbelievable. It was like, it was so high. And they said, well, what was Rosh, what was, what was Shomu teaching? <laughs> I don't know, but it was a gavalt. Right, like, right, it yeah. was like, And so the same thing happens to, to many people with Rob Ginsburg. Right? They go to a shiurim, and they come out like, <laughs> so it says like wow is that good but what did he say like I, said, I don't know I didn't understand a word he said <laughs> but, but like uh, it, was, it was so deep <laughs> the truth is the truth is that's what the Pasuk is saying in a, in a way there's there's a part of the Torah you understand and there's a part of the Torah where you just you realize the Torah is so wondrous, right? It's so wondrous. And if you get that alone, because like a lot of people, the first time they ever see Rav Shlomo, right, is like, they don't know what he's talking about. All they get is the impression, right, and the, and the, and the energy, right? And that's, that's, he could feel that's his enough. love. He could feel his love. Yeah. He could feel his love without, without paying attention to what he was saying. Yeah. He was that's yeah. enough. I mean, it doesn't hurt to understand what they're saying. Also, <laughs> 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 anyways. So, also, if anyone wants to look at this afterwards, I'm not going to get into it. This, so, I don't know if you know that Rob Ginsburg's shita is that the ten spherots have 13 inner qualities. Now, each sphera has an inner dimension. But of the inner dimensions, because Keter has three, three heads of Keter, so it turns out that the inner dimension is actually 13. Um, here, he just does it in, in 10, but Rav Ginsburg's known for making these charts. And, like, there's Someone said there's like over a thousand charts in existence now of him taking Torah concepts and ordering them according to the Spirit. So here he takes the word Gal and he brings ten different explanations of what the word Gal means and its connection to the Spirit. But for our, our purpose tonight, 
So, the one I brought already is Gal Enai. Gal means to open up. But the other two very important ones is Galus and Geula. Both come from the word Gal. And so why I'm bringing it is because Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, before he passed away, said that the Mashiach will come on the merit of learning the Zohar Kodesh. He said in the merit of learning the Zohar, the Mashiach will come. So, so I want to say like this, like, like, what did he mean? He meant that, if you remember when, when, when the Baal Shem Tov had his famous Aliyat in the Shema, and he was able to talk with the, Mashiach, the soul of the Mashiach. And he said to the, he said, when is, when is my master coming? And the Mashiach said, When the wellsprings of your Torahs reach the farthest reaches of the world. That's when Mashiach will come. So, so to understand Chabad, basically what the Rabbi Shlita did, very simply, is he took these three words, Vayafutsu, Mayanatechachutsu. And the wellsprings of your Torah, so he took the, the Torah of Chassidut, and he said, well, it, 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 meant, it meant it literally. It meant Alaska, and Hawaii, and Tokyo, and Hong Kong, and Siberia, and Johannesburg, and, uh, and Buenos Aires. That's that's what the Mashiach told the Baal Shem Tov. When Hasidus spreads to the four corners of the world, to the farthest reaches, right? To the farthest reaches. There was just an article in the Jerusalem Post maybe four months ago. There were two articles very close to each other. One was about the Chabad representative in Alaska. And it was about what she had to do to go to a mikvah. <laughs> Right? Before they, before they built a mikvah in Alaska, you know, going into these raging rivers and, <laughs> and freezing, freezing cold, and freezing, freezing cold, and the ice, and like, right? This is via Futsu Futsa. Right? And then the other article was about the, the Chabad representative in um, Thailand. Right? And like, like, what their life is like. It's like, and they have kids too. They have all these kids. It's like, it's like unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Last, uh, we had, I don't know if you were there, we had um, last summer a, a young Chabad guy who was, who was at the Seder in Nepal and he told us all about it. Like, it was like unbelievable. A thousand, a thousand people. A thousand. It's the wow. biggest Seder in the world Nepal. in Nepal in wow. Kathmandu yeah. the biggest Seder in the world all of the Israelis come out of the mountains come out of the ashrams come out of the caves right <laughs> and, and they come to the Seder right so so when Shimon Bar Yochai said um, he, he was like 
It was on the same wavelength as, as the Baal Shem Tov. In other words, that which will bring Mashiach eventually is by revealing the inner dimensions of the Torah. So especially in our day, when, when so many Baal Tshuva become Baal Tshuva because they got a little taste of the, of the inside of the Torah, that when, when, when we were growing up, we never heard of, right? No one told us about it, right? But then we got a little taste of the inner dimension. So we're told that ultimately the inner dimension of the Torah will, will turn on the whole Jewish people and ultimately the whole world. And so that's in a sense what Rav Ginsburg is doing. It's just like Rav Shlomo was like trying to turn on the whole world in his way. So Rav Ginsburg right, believes by, by teaching uh, Kabbalah the Tzibor to anyone and everyone. They understand, they don't understand that just getting the teachings out there is bringing Mashiach, bringing Mashiach closer. Okay, so now we have to have one last one from the Slonimer. We have our, our uh, Mishulash. And so this one, I'm just going to say one little, little part of it. It's, on, it's, it's in this week's Parsha. This week's Parsha is Svirat Omer. which is interesting. It's Parsha Amor, and it's Svirat Omer. So Amor is with an Aleph, and Omer is with an Ayin. So there's a whole Torah that, that barley that we bring as the Omer is called animal food. And the wheat that we bring on Shavuos is called human food. And we're told what's the difference between an animal and a human. So the Uncleus says on, on the Pasuk that God breathed into his nostrils the soul of life. So Uncleus translates the soul of life as Ruach Mimalala. The, the spirit of speech. In other words, that which differentiates a human from an animal is the ability to speak. Not make noises or communicate. Not communicate. All animals communicate. But not speak, meaning speak the, the, the thoughts of that, that a man can. So, that's, I learned this from Rob Ginsburg. That's why Sarah to Omer is in Parshat Emor, which starts with speech. In the first passage, it says Emor three times in different ways. So it's, it's, it has to do with speech. So anyways, so everything we know about Sirat to Omer is in this Parsha. And so it says, Sheva Shabbatot Timimot Tiyena. You should count seven complete weeks. Sheva Shabbatot Timimot Tiyena. Seven complete weeks it shall be to you. So the, the Slonimer says, and this is the Kitsur, the, the whole Torah is like, it's a, an amazing Torah. If you have a chance, it's in Parshat Emor, and it's called, and it's called Sheva Shabbatot Timimot Tiyena. So he says like this, that when it says Sheva Shabbatot, it means seven weeks. But it also means Pshat Sheva Shabbatot. Seven Shabbases. So 
So he reads it seven within the seven weeks of Sirat Omer, you should have seven whole Shabbos. And he says that, that there's there's two avodas during Sirat Omer, Sur Meira, Me That every day we're supposed to, we're trying to shake off a level of impurity and take on a level of purity. And that's that's the idea of counting two spherot. Like tonight is Chesed Shabahod. So every day... What? First Hod. Right? And Lag Bomer is Hod Shabahod. Right? The essence of Hod right, is, uh, is Lag Bomer. So he said that during the week we're doing Sur Meirah. During the week we're trying to like navigate our way through this crazy world we live in and trying to shake off a little bit of the Tuma every day as we get closer to Harsinai. He said, but Shabbos comes, that's Asetov. That we take all the work of the week and then we like, we make a complete Shabbos out of it. So he says, he says it over and over again. He says, during Spirit to Omer, how good we do Sur Meira? That's a big question. He said, but at least make these the seven most complete Shabbos that you can. He said, if you want to climb the, the, the ladder to Har Sinai, it's true, we should be doing it every day. But at least make the Shabbos complete. And, and then he brings that everyone agrees, even though there's a, there's a disagreement in, in, in the Gomorrah as to which day Shavuos was. Was it the 6th of Sivan or the 7th of Sivan? But it says in the Gomorrah, the Kule Alma, everyone agrees that it was given on Shabbos. Everyone agrees that the Torah was given on Shabbos. So in other words, Shavuos is the aspect of Shabbos. So how do we get close to a, a new a, a, a new understanding of Torah that we want to receive on Shavuos? It's by keeping these Shabbos in like the most complete way. And then he says, I'm just skipping lots of parts, and then he says an incredible thing. He says, it says in the Torah about Shabbos, it says, Umechalaleha Mot yumat. Those that profane the Shabbat, they shall die. And this, I mean, technically this means someone who's Bechalal Shabbos, and they warn him, and they explain to him, and he continues to do it in front of everyone, the Farhesia, against the will of the, the baked in, and like, that, that person, that person, penalty is death. So he says, what is what does profaning the Shabbat mean? From the, he says it's from the word Chol. Amavdil ben Kodesh the Chol. So the weekdays are called Chol. He says, but also a empty space is called a Halal. Like space up there is called Halal. And in Kabbalah, the when, when 
when God was mitzamtsem himself, so to speak, what was created was called the halal tenui, an empty vacuum. So he says, what does it mean to profane the Shabbat so much that you shall surely die? During Shabbos, when we do or think or say things that are whole, he says we make a hole in our Shabbos. In other words, we, like we, we kill a little bit of the spirituality of Shabbos. He said, that's what it means, and those who profane the Shabbos shall surely die. He says, because what's worse, what's, actually I'm adding this, he didn't say this. What's worse than feeling empty? Right? Like, what, what worse feeling is there when it's like, you just, just feel like a, a vacuum. I feel empty. Like I have no energy. I have no strength. I, I'm, I'm an empty. So this goes along with a, a, an expression in the Gemara. It says that an ani, a poor person, is considered commate, like a dead person. So when you hear this, this is like, what a terrible statement. Like, and a poor person's like dead? Like, what is this world just for rich people? Like, is that what the Gomorrah meant? No. What it meant was, and so you have to be really poor to understand this, right? <laughs> At some point in your life, you have to be poor, but sometimes, sometimes when you, you're poor, you feel so rich. But there are other times when you feel poor, you feel so down, right? It's like. I'd love to get my kids this, or you know, we haven't gone on a vacation like this in years. Haven't gone to a restaurant. I don't have, you know, my kids, their teeth are falling out of their mouth. You feel terrible, right? Right. So, a, a poor person sometimes walks around feeling worse than death, right? That's what it means that a poor person's commit is he feels like it. Like, like, what hope is there? So that's what the Slonimer says. He says that, that's what it says here. It says, seven whole Shabbos make for yourself. So listen to this play of words in English. Right? So how do you just destroy a whole, a whole Shabbos? By making a hole in it. Right? A whole Shabbos with a W. Right? When you take away the W, you have a hole. Right? So this is like a... It's Russian English. <laughs> Actually, Avram Abulafia used to, used to do all kinds of, of gematrias and drushes and all kinds of different languages. Also. Because he knew the he knew the secret of how different languages are connected to Hebrew. So, so anyways, we have to end with some blessings. So you know what? The only way to really make our Shabbos whole is to put ourselves wholly into Shabbos. And that's another play in words. 
was holy. I didn't mean it. <laughs> and no, no, what I meant was <laughs> by putting ourselves completely immersed, immerse ourselves in, in, in Shabbos, that's how to make your Shabbos happen. There's no other way. Right? It's just by totally, like, like every bite we eat on Shabbos, every prayer, right? every, every step we take just should be like just complete and whole and totally with the Shabbos. And if we would do that, so then we would, then we would grasp the, the, the fire of Shimon Bar Yochai, fire of Rabbi Akiva and the fire of Lagba Omer so we should all be blessed with Gali Nai Yabita Niflaot Mataratacha we should see wonders great wonders and so remember oh I said it but it wasn't obvious remember Shema Bar Yochai said that that Geula right where it comes to Geula again is from Gali Right, so by opening our eyes to the wonders in the Torah, that will bring the Gula that much closer. <laughs>